Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to Bagoons Barrage, episode number 29. With me, your host, as always, Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. Bagoon. Quick little primer. If you've never tuned in to Bagoons Barrage before, this is a sports podcast that can be best summed up with one little four-letter word. That one is, of course, no, 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 not that one. No, not, yes, rant, rant. Get your mind out of the gutter, R-A. NT. This is a sports podcast that usually just is one big long rant, ranging somewhere between a half hour and an hour. Today's episode, I think if you can put away about uh, 35 minutes, we can wrap it up in that time. Well, of course, we're in the dog, day, the dog days of summer now, and usually, with that being said, it would mean that we've got ourselves a baseball rant coming. And the Red Sox, who played 67 innings of baseball in five days, and then we hear all about these different things and people wanting to change extra inning baseball, you would think that's where we're ranting. But no, we're going to go with the option. We're going to tuck it in. We're not going to give it to the fullback. We're going to pitch it out to the gridiron, and we're going to make our way to football for our topic of the day. The reason that we're heading over to the gridiron for our topic of the day is because Mike Sando, senior writer over at ESPN.com, came up with something he has dubbed the GOAT Index, greatest of all time index for modern QBs. Modern QBs means any QB that has played from 1978 and on. The reason for that, rules changed and kind of like the dead ball era in baseball and the live ball era in baseball, you can really just put a slash right at 1978. And the way you see modern quarterbacking as it is in the 2017 game, you can trace that back to 1978. Because before then, you really weren't getting the type of quarterback that you see now. So that's why Mike Sando came up with his GOAT index. And how he came up with his GOAT index is actually, to me, one of the smartest things I've ever seen. He compiled his top 10 quarterback list by outsourcing it. He talked to 10 different coaches. The coaches, by the way, Pete Carroll, Mike Holmgren, Howard Mudd, Wade Phillips, Mike Reinfeldt, Ray Rhodes, Mike Shanahan, Al Saunders, Norv Turner, and Tony Dungy. So you can see that's actually a very wide array of coaches, guys that have been around for decades upon decades. So these are the type of guys that know exactly what they are talking about when it comes to who is and who could be considered the greatest quarterback in modern NFL history, the greatest quarterback since 1978. So Sando, he outsources the entire list to those 10 coaches, and the coaches come up with a pretty good list. Their list, Tom Brady, number one. Number two is Peyton Manning, three. Joe Montana, four. John Elway, Five is Aaron Rodgers. There's a tie for six between Dan Marino and Brett Favre. Um, Steve Young is eight. Drew Brees, nine. Dan Fouts is number 10. To me, I would change that list a little bit. Brady, obviously, is number one. I would put Montana, two. Peyton Manning, three. Elway's good at four. I would move up Marino to five. I would have Favre, six. I would have Steve Young, seven. Aaron Rodgers was fifth on that list. I would move to eight, and then Breeze and Fouts, I, I like them there. Maybe Fouts in front of Breeze, but Breeze's statistics and what he can do inside 
it's something. <laughs> it's something fierce. So I, I like that. Fouts at 10 is fine, but Rodgers at 5, he's a guy that gets a ton of credit for his statistics, and with the way that everybody talks about him, you would think that he is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he has six Super Bowls to his name. But remember, Aaron Rodgers, all of the one Super Bowl. So I'm one of those guys that's not nearly as high on Aaron Rodgers as everybody else is. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and why some of his statistics are skewed. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But my rant today is not about the top 10 list necessarily. That top 10 list, it's fine. I understand how they came to it. Tony Dungy is an asshat. He put Brady, by the way, as the sixth best quarterback of all time. Nobody else ranked Tom Brady lower than second. Everybody else, it was Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Tom Brady as their one-two, and Brady was no <laughs> Brady was not lower than two on that list. Tony Dungy, though, sixth. And we know it's because Tony Dungy is massively salty, and it's just how he is. It's, it, it, he's never gotten over the fact that both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have completely minimized what Tony Dungy accomplished with the Colts. Tony Dungy was a pretty good coach with Indianapolis. Remember, he wasn't that great with Tampa Bay, but then... Once he got over to Indianapolis and he had an in-his-prime, and actually throughout, Peyton Manning, all of a sudden, Tony Dungy is awesome. Now, you can make that same type of argument for Bill Belichick, and you would be kind of right. You wouldn't be mostly right. You'd be kind of right. So we're just going to let that sleeping dog lie. Everybody knows Tony Dungy, very salty when it comes to Bill Belichick and, in particular, Tom Brady. So, okay, I don't have a problem with the list. I do have a problem, though, with some of the statistics that they used in that list and how they figured out one quarterback over another. Now, to go into this discussion and explanation, we have to go to the article by Mike Sando. Just type in, go index, and you can see it's an awesome article. I really, really like it. One guy in particular, Al Saunders, NFL coach since 1983, former head coach uh, with the Chargers. He worked with Fouts, Montana, and Kurt Warner. What they would do is they would come up with the quarterback and where this guy fell on the list, and then they would ask a coach, and they would have the explanation from the coach why he put them there. So you have the explanation on the left side. You have... Uh, statistics box on the right. So for Tom Brady, they do the resume. Super Bowl titles, five MVPs, two first team all pro. They have advanced metrics, expected team winning percentage for Brady, 581. Actual team winning percentage, 773. Wins above expectation, 19.2% in the positive. Wins added per 16 games. Tom Brady, according to advanced NFL statistics, is worth three wins a season. That is insane. He is almost worth 20% of the schedule. 3.1 wins per season. Tom Brady donates, grants, gifts 
his team. So you have the advanced metrics, you have the resume. NFL ranks for Tom Brady in this case. Uh, Game-winning drives, first. Yards per attempt, 12th. Adjusted net yards per attempt, third. Minimum 50 starts. But then they also have fourth-quarter comebacks. This is the exact topic of our rant, okay? The rant today has to deal with what I believe is the most misleading statistic for quarterbacks of all. This is the most misleading statistic when you are having a debate about what type of quarterback and what type of player that quarterback is. So Tom Brady, fourth quarter comebacks from 2000 to 2016, he ranked first. He compiled the most fourth quarter comebacks in that time frame. Let's look at the explanation from Al Saunders because this is a really good way to understand why I do not like this fourth quarter comeback win statistics. Okay, so Saunders says, and I quote, there were some things I thought were important in comparing these guys. The first was the driven success they had with their teams. Some of that was skewed by the quality of talent that they were surrounded with. The second variable was their individual production. The third element was their individual efficiency. All of these things are tied into the personnel they are with, the coaching that they had, the change in coaching that they had, the different systems they had to play in. And then, and this is the important one, and then the fourth thing was performance in the critical part of the game, which to me was fourth quarter comebacks or game-winning drives. Regardless of how I, Al Saunders, did it, it always came up Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Joe Montana. And he's right. When you look at all-time comeback wins. The top guy with 45 all-time is Peyton Manning. Then it's Tom Brady, 39. Dan Marino, 36. Tied along with Johnny Unitas. John Elway by himself in fifth, one behind, 35. Joe Montana, sixth all-time at 31. And because we've gotten this far, let's just rattle off the rest of the list. Three guys are tied at seven. Uh, Brett Favre, Eli Manning, Fran Tarkenton. And then rounding out the top 10, it is Ben Roethlisberger and Vinny Testaverde. So here's the thing. If you want to say that Peyton Manning is better than Tom Brady because he has more comeback wins, and this is how you would make the argument. You can say that Peyton Manning is a more clutch quarterback than Tom Brady because Peyton Manning has 45 comeback wins, the most all time. People do make this argument. These people are idiots who have ingested way too much peyote because they're trying to say that Peyton Manning is a more clutch quarterback than Tom Brady. But here's a statistic that says this. Anybody that has watched football over the last couple of decades knows that this is not the case. Peyton Manning absolutely, unequivocally, is not a more clutch quarterback than Tom Brady. Tom Brady, most clutch quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning, not so much. And yet, Peyton Manning, 45 comeback wins, Tom Brady, 39. So clearly there is something wrong with this statistic. And yet, this is a statistic that it seems like every single Sunday when you watch football comes up at the end of the game. Uh, It's the Giants versus the Saints. It's Eli Manning versus Drew Brees, and it's the fourth quarter. So what comes on the screen. They always show you the fourth quarter comeback win statistics. Now, Eli Manning and Drew Brees had that massive back and forth game where I think it, I want to say like the score was 52 to 
48 or something outrageous, right? But here's the thing. It doesn't tell you. This is fourth quarter comeback wins. doesn't tell you the whole story. doesn't tell you how a quarterback played through the first three quarters. This guy could have thrown three interceptions in the first three quarters. His defense playing out of its mind, and it's a 10-7 ball game. Now, all of a sudden, this guy throws a touchdown in the fourth quarter, makes it 14-10, and he gets credit for a fourth quarter comeback win, right? So there's something wrong with this statistic because it doesn't tell you the whole thing. The same way that if you just looked at the statistic as is right now, Peyton Manning somehow is a more clutch quarterback than Tom Brady because Peyton Manning has six more fourth quarter comeback wins than Tom Brady. So right, because I had mm, so much time slash no life this week, I decided there has to be a better way to look at this statistic. This is like looking at saves in baseball and then not looking at the blown saves. Saves is good. Saves tells you that this guy has compiled and can be relied upon to come up in the clutch, right? That's what saves are. Saves is a statistic that says, hey, this guy can finish the game for us. But there's a difference between a guy that has 35 saves in 38 opportunities and a guy that has 35 saves in 55 opportunities. Completely different scenario. So when it comes to comeback wins, we need to find something better. We have to use comeback wins because that's our start, right? So those numbers are useful to us. And this is going to be our project for the day. This is the rant of the day. It's trying to find a better way to look at comeback wins. All right, so we need those comeback wins, all of those numbers, the 45 for Manning, the 39 for Brady, Dan Marino and Johnny Unitas with the 36, and so on and so forth, right? Okay, great. How do we figure out if this guy, if this quarterback, is this good in the fourth quarter? In order to do that, you obviously have to go to the overall records, right? So if a guy has... 45 in Peyton Manning's case, comeback wins. Let's take a look at how many wins he has in general. Peyton Manning, second all-time in wins behind only Tom Brady. Tom Brady with 208, Peyton Manning with 200. Okay, so Manning has the 45 comeback wins and 200 total wins. Peyton Manning's overall record, 200 and 92. That is not bad at all. Uh, at home, 112 and 39. On the road, 88 and 43. Tom Brady's numbers are just astounding. 208 and 61. 120 and 21 at home. 88 and 40 on the road. In other words, better than a 667 winning percentage um, when he is on the road. Brady has the best winning percentage all time of 773. Then it's Joe Montana at 711 and Peyton Manning's 685. So these are all fantastic quarterbacks, right? But let's go back to our original premise. We're trying to figure out a better statistic for comeback wins. So maybe it's taking a look at how many of your wins in total were of the comeback variety. For Peyton Manning, 45 
out of the 200 for Brady, 39 out of the 208. So we take a look at those 39 comeback wins for Brady. Let's do Brady first and then go to Manning. Brady, because he only has those 39 out of 208, his comeback wins, it's just 18.75% of the time. So look at it as the inverse. Brady does the required lifting prior to the fourth quarter in astounding 81.25% of the time. For Peyton Manning, 45 out of the 200 wins were comeback wins. He seals up victory before the fourth, a whopping 77.5%. So this is, at first glance, a really good way to look at it. Maybe we have found the missing key on how to figure out just how good a guy is when it comes to the comeback wins. Because remember, comeback wins doesn't tell us how good a quarterback was through the first three quarters. In other words, we want to know how often a guy doesn't need to come up with those fourth quarter comebacks because that's our scenario from earlier. In this case, we've got Tom Brady and Peyton Manning with this statistic as we have it right now. It's telling you that these guys are fantastic in the first three quarters. Brady and Manning, it's it's uh, three uh, touchdowns, no interceptions. It's bringing the team and doing whatever they want through the first three quarters so that they don't need that fourth quarter comeback win. But here's the problem. Remember how I said Rodgers was way too high up? Well, with this statistic, comeback wins, Rodgers, with the new one we're coming up with, Rodgers total, 10 comeback wins. Rodgers has 99 career wins. So think about that for a second. Something seems iffy. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback, right? He is so good that on this go index, Aaron Rodgers is ranked fifth all time. Fifth ahead of guys like Brett Favre and Dan Marino, right? Everybody is on the Aaron Rodgers train. And yet Aaron Rodgers only has 10 comeback wins. So what's that telling you? That's telling you that the comeback win statistic might be skewed, but maybe our new version of comeback wins is the better version, right? So 10 comeback wins for Aaron Rodgers out of 99 possible wins. What's that telling you? That's telling you that Aaron Rodgers wraps up wins prior to the fourth quarter 89.9% of the time. This statistic as we have it right now, that's telling you that he's an even better quarterback than Tom Brady, who does it 81.25% of the time. He's a better quarterback than Peyton Manning because he, that is Peyton Manning, does it 77.5% of the time. Rodgers almost wraps up victory in 90% of his wins prior to the fourth quarter. Right? So maybe something's a little bit off. If this statistic is telling us that Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, maybe something's off. I know. 
there are people there that are saying, no, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers is clearly fantastic. He has only needed 10 comeback wins in his career. But the statistic as we are looking at it right now doesn't tell us the whole story. And why is that? It's because we're only looking at one column of the win-loss record. You're right. We have to look at the other side. W's are awesome, but for our statistic and to come up with a better sense of just how good a quarterback is when it comes to comeback wins, we need to look at the losses. Okay? And let's keep it with our Aaron Rodgers scenario, with our Aaron Rodgers example. Right? The previous statistic... Aaron Rodgers wraps up the win 89.9% of the time prior to the fourth quarter. In this statistic, Aaron Rodgers is a football deity. There is nobody better in the history of football than Aaron Rodgers when we looked at fourth quarter comeback wins with a flawed statistic. To better understand Rodgers' fourth quarter performances, let's look at the losses. Rodgers' career record is 99-52. in That means there has been a total of 62 chances for Rodgers to produce comeback wins. 52 losses plus 10 comeback wins, 62 chances. To get a better gauge, and I really do feel dirty when I use that word as a Pats fan, but to get a better gauge on Rodgers' fourth quarter prowess, let's take a look at those 10 comeback wins and then divide them by the comeback chances. This is gives us a much better sense as to how effective Aaron Rodgers is when his team is down in the fourth quarter. In other words, we need to do fairly simple math, 10 divided by 62. This would give us a comeback wins percentage, right? So let's call it, (laughs) if it looks like an ox and it smells like an ox, it's an ox. So if this is a comeback wins percentage, let's call the new statistic comeback wins percentage. When we take 10 and divide it by 62, that number, 16.13%. Aaron Rodgers, when down in the fourth quarter, produces a comeback win just 16.13% of the time. So what that tells us is that Aaron Rodgers is just the world's best front runner. If we wanted to keep going with the baseball scenario, this is that eighth inning reliever that never allows any hits or base runners when his team is up by five. But if his team is down by a run and he's in the game, this guy is going to let up a run. He's going to let up a home run. Aaron Rodgers went ahead. Fantastic. Smothers teams. Wins 89.9% of the time. But when Aaron Rodgers is down in the fourth quarter, not clutch at all, 16.13% of the time, Aaron Rodgers' teams come back to win a game. In other words, these guys fail 83.87% of the time. All right, so now that's why Aaron Rodgers, no. Everybody wants to make him this football god. That's not him. He's great when things are going great. But when his back's up against the wall, there's not much to Aaron Rodgers. 
Now, let's go back to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, all right? So, Peyton Manning's overall career record is 292. Peyton Manning has 45 comeback wins to his name. So, Peyton Manning, 92 losses, 45 comeback wins. That gets you a percentage of 32.85%. 92 plus 45, for those of you that are not mathematically inclined, is 137. 45 divided by 137 gets you 32 point, I think it's technically uh, 8467. Yeah, uh, 32.8467. So we're rounding up 32.85% comeback wins percentage for Peyton Manning. That's pretty good. In other words, Peyton Manning teams better than 30% of the time when they are down in the fourth quarter, Peyton Manning comes up with the win. But while that number is really good, Tom Brady's, not surprisingly, absolutely astounding when it comes to comeback wins percentage. Because Brady has only lost 61 games in his career and yet has produced comeback wins on 39 occasions, this is an easy one for everybody to figure out. What's 39 plus 61? Ding, 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 ding. 100. And if you have 39 comeback wins and divide that by 100, your percentage is 39%. In other words, when an opposing team is beating Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, there is almost a 2 in 5 chance that opposing team will go on to lose. Almost 40% of the time, when you are beating Tom Brady, you're going to lose. That is absolutely astounding. Nobody that has played quarterback in the NFL has done it better than Tom Brady. He has had fewer opportunities to produce comeback wins because he is almost always ahead in the fourth quarter because of how he plays in the previous three quarters. And yet, Despite the fewer opportunities, when one comeback win opportunity does arise, Brady is better than any other quarterback who ever lived. Let me say that again. Brady has had less opportunities, but yet, when one of those opportunities, fewer opportunities, I should say, and yet, despite those fewer opportunities, when one does come up, Brady is better than any other quarterback who ever lived. And that's the sign, as Al Saunders said, and I quoted to you fine folks that are listening, that's the sign of the greatest quarterback of all time. No matter what has happened throughout the game, no lead is safe. Not even something, oh, let's start a hypothetical like being down 25 points at the tail end of the third quarter in a Super Bowl. Because who, of course, could come back from a situation and deficit like that? Tom mm, Brady. All right. So Tom Brady is awesome. We all knew this. Tom Brady, no matter how you want to slice it, is the greatest quarterback of all time. Took nine out of 10 coaches to say that Tony Dungy placed him six because Tony Dungy is an idiot and he has more salt than a bag of Lay's potato chips. But hey, we already knew that about Tony Dungy. But 
now with way too much work done earlier this week and thinking about this problem way too much, we now have a much better way to look at fourth quarter comeback wins. No longer just by the number in of itself. Take the number of comeback wins and divide it by the number of comeback chances and you get yourself uh, you get yourself comeback wins percentage a much better way to understand what is going on in the fourth quarter of a football game all right so that will pretty much do it here on Bagoon's Barrage I do thank you for tuning in actually you know what let's take five minutes there is something awesome <laughs> On the ESPN alerts. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh, Kyrie Irving asks Cavaliers for trade. No longer wants to play alongside LeBron. By Brian Windhorst, LeBron's body bag that follows him everywhere. Oh, my God. This is so awesome. Earlier episodes, we talked about the Celtics and how getting Gordon Hayward is one of the greatest things ever because it puts them just that much closer to getting to the NBA Finals. Well, this, Kyrie Irving asking Cavaliers for trade is going to get the Celtics even closer to the NBA Finals. Everybody's going, oh, oh, well, why are the Celtics trying to go all in when LeBron is still in the East? If he doesn't have Kyrie Irving... On his team, if they don't get a trade and get a bunch of parts just as good as Kyrie Irving, the Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. They might get stomped, and I mean stomped, by the Warriors, especially without Avery Bradley any longer. But, huh, Kyrie Irving, oh man, I hope, I hope to everything holy that the Cavaliers do end up trading Kyrie Irving. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what else are you going to do? There's no point guard. They just re-signed Kyle Korver. And Kyle Korver plus Kevin Love and LeBron James is not going to get the job done. Tristan Thompson, not going to get the job done. Aaron Bynes is now on the Celtics. They've got a guy that can body Thompson. You don't have to put Al Horford at the five against Thompson any longer. Oh, my goodness. Please, 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 please trade Kyrie Irving. Everything I've always said about LeBron James, that he is just wonderfully insufferable. He's insufferable to watch, but apparently he's also fairly insufferable to play with. This is the first time that we've seen somebody try to jettison themselves out of the like LeBron bubble. But hey, this opens up the door even wider for the Celtics. And I had a really good read on the Celtics and how they were going to do this past season. And I've been thinking that they're going to take down. I thought they were going to upset the Cavs as the Cavs were currently situated. But if they get rid of Kyrie Irving, I think your favorite in the East, honestly, I think your favorite is the Boston Celtics. Wow. All right. So thank you for tuning in there. Sorry about the 
well, my rants are never really structured anyways, but I will apologize for the very much unstructured rant at the end as I just looked at my phone and saw the Kyrie Irving update. But hey, uh, thank you for tuning in to Bagoon's Barrage. That will do it for me, Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. Bagoon. Next time you watch an NFL game and they, count, uh, they come up with that comeback wins statistic, do yourself a little bit of a favor and try to look at just how good that guy was. And hey, maybe if you listen to this, try to tweet out that article, which you can find at jakedonnelly.com. Maybe we can get our little own statistic kind of going there. I know Mike Reese took a look at it. So too did Jerry Thornton and Mike Dusalt over at Pat's Propaganda. So it's been making the rounds around New England. But hey, maybe we can take this little statistic national. And if the statistic gets to go around a little bit, maybe I don't have to do this podcast from my living room. Although, hey, I love you, Elisis, my little mixer, as well as my computer and everywhere else that I do all of my broadcasts from. They're almost always remote, but this one from right here on the border between Connecticut and Massachusetts. Okay, so I've said about six times at this point, but I really do mean it this time. Thank you for tuning in to yet another edition of Bagoon's Barrage, episode 29, with me, your host, as always, Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. Bagoon. I hope wherever you are, you're having a great day, and go New England.